right, good evening, everybody. All right, I didn't say good morning, so that, that's, we're, we're off to a good start. So my name is Brian, and I have the privilege of being one of our pastors, uh, lead pastor here at Harvest Community Church, and I'm certainly, certainly glad that you're celebrating Christmas Eve with us here tonight. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to worship. Man, it is good to see you. So I want to encourage you just with a couple of things, and I'm going to read part of the Christmas story for us. You were handed a couple of things on the way in, a candle, I hope. With that candle, you will notice on your seats is a communion cup. Just keep that handy for after the candle lighting. I'll explain all that later. But I uh, want to make sure you have that. There's some extra candles back in the back. Inside the little uh, set of folder, uh, the, the, you know, the listening guide, the, what do we call this? The bulletin, the, the you know, this thing. Whatever this is called, inside of that is a communication card. And here's what we'd like to ask you to do. Every time we gather together like this, we ask everybody to fill out one of these. We really think it's something spiritual to be able to communicate a need that you have or a question you have or a prayer request that you have. And you can do all of that right here on the card. If you're a guest with us tonight, we would love to hear from you as well. Every time a guest fills out one of these cards, even online when a guest fills out one of these cards with our digital communication card, we give $5 in your name and each of your family members' names to our partners at Monroe Middle School. They're right here in the neighborhood. They have a, family, they have a fund that supports families in crisis, and we love to give to that fund to honor that you were here. And we would really, really love to hear from you. I want to mention one other thing. It is our annual tradition on Christmas Eve to take a different offering of sorts. And so, again, if you're a guest, please know offering is not what we're really after. We're glad you're here. But on Christmas Eve, we often, in fact, for years, we collect an offering for benevolence funds to be able to help folks in the coming year with keeping gas in the tank, keeping food on the table, keeping the electrical and the heating on in the house, those kinds of things. And so we're not passing a basket for that. There's a box in the back. You see the little envelopes in the chairs. If, you, if that's something God would prompt you to do or online to do, you can do it through our website. We would love to hear from you in that way. That being said, I want to read for you from Luke chapter 2, verse 1. It says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. And so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for Oh, little. 
the next section of the Christmas story. And this is taken out of the children's, the Jesus Children's Storybook Bible, however that name goes. Um, so we have a special guest to come read it for us. That night, that night, some shepherds were out on the, in the open fields warming themselves by a campfire when suddenly the sheep started. They were frightened by something. The other trees rustled. What was that? A wind beat? They turned around, standing in front of them was a huge wire of light blazing into the darkness. Don't be afraid of me, the bright, shiny man said. I haven't come to hurt you. I'm come to bring you happy news from for everyone everywhere. Today in town in Bethlehem, God's son has been born. You can go and see him. He is sleeping in a manger. Behind the angel is God's unborn child, except it was in God. It was empty, streets and streets were empty. All with hearts, and they were singing beautiful, a beautiful song, glory to God, to God, to Bethlehem and her and all of her race. Then, as quickly as they appeared, the angel left. The shepherds stamped at the fire, left their sheep, raced down a narrow cobbled street, through a courtyard, down some steps. Passed an inn, round a corner, through a hedge, until at last they reached a tumble-down stable. They caught their breath, and quietly they tiptoed inside. They knelt on a dirt floor. They had heard about this promised child, and now he was there, heaven's son, the maker of the, the, maker of the stars, a baby sleeping in his mother's arms. This baby would be like that bright star shining in the sky that night. A light to light up the whole world, chasing away darkness, chasing away darkness, helping people to see. In the darker the night got, the brighter the star would shine. Would you please stand with us again? Thank you. 
privacy. Lincoln, I am so proud of you, buddy. I can't see you because you're over here somewhere, I think. But I am so proud of you. Yeah. Mark it down. Your pastor is super proud of you. I want to say thank you to these guys for leading us in worship. It's been beautiful. In just a little bit, we're going to light our candles from the Christ candle to to represent that sense of this holy night. I came across an article recently, an internet story about American icon Fred Rogers. You know him as Mr. Mr. Rogers, right? You guys remember Mr. Rogers? All right, just checking, just checking. I liked Mr. Rogers when I was a kid, right? Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, all of that. Most of you are aware that Fred Rogers was also a, maybe aware, a Presbyterian minister. Passed in 2003 at the age of 74. What you may not know is a story I'm about to relate to you that was new to me when I read it just a couple of weeks ago. He shared that when he was in his seminary days, which means quite young days. You remember your young days? Most of you still are. You really, I can see you enough. Most of you are still really young. Right, Jack? Right? 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 So in your young days, you have a tendency to sort of, sort of over-evaluate things, if you know what I'm talking about. You sort of, you know, you, you've got this sense that, 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 that you're pretty good at what you do, right? And so Mr. Rogers went to church one Sunday, and he was visiting a certain church, and he went with a friend, and he said he was treated to, and I'm going to quote him because I don't want this to sound like something I would say. After preaching all these years, I don't want it said about me. He said he was treated to the most poorly crafted sermon he had ever heard. His words. It doesn't sound like Mr. Rogers, does it? But he turned to the person next to him, the lady he came with that accompanied him, and he found her in tears. And she said to him, and I will quote her, it was exactly what I needed to hear. And he said that's when he realized that the space between someone doing the best that he or she could do, the space between them and someone in need, is indeed holy ground. Holy ground. Where a person can meet God. And the team tonight's done a marvelous job, and the jury is still out on me a little bit, but this, friends, is holy ground tonight. In American life, we call Christmas a holiday. A holiday. Some people do that because they don't want to acknowledge what they're already acknowledging, for lack of a better way of saying it. You probably know this, but the word holiday comes from two words, right? Holy day. But in American life, we think a holiday is just a day where you don't go to work. But a holy day is more than that, isn't it? The British get it a little more. They refer to something in their life as a holiday as well. But for them, what they refer to a holiday 
as is, is not these occasions like this. They refer to a holiday as a vacation. It's where there is a full and complete separate break, a setting aside from the pressures that we pursue and the pressures that pursue us all year round. When we look at it through that British lens, we're beginning to get a glimpse of the meaning of the word holy. Because for billions of Christians gathered around the world tonight and tomorrow, these are holy days. Which just begs the question, for you, is this a holy night or a holiday? Which just leads to more questions, really. What makes this exactly a holy night? You know, we sing, we will in a little bit, silent night, holy night. We just sang, oh, oh, holy night. The question becomes, how can I make tonight holy in my heart? And the reality is, I can't make it holy. But there is someone who can Make this night holy in me right here, right now. And so we're going to have to see in the birth of Jesus who he really is. The reality is that everybody thinks they know what God is like. Everybody. Every human being has an opinion. And I picture the way I, God the way I do for a lot of different reasons. For some of us, we picture God the way we do because of our parents and how our parents raised us. And for others of us, we picture God the way we do because we've met other folks who believe in God, not even just Christians, but people of other religions around the world. And we've pictured how they believe in God and then how they have treated us. And so we think that God is like them, whatever that is. And for some of us, we picture God the way we do because we've had a personal experience with a baby with a man, Jesus Christ. Of course, thinking we know what God is like and actually knowing are very different things, aren't they? Yes. Yes, I remember years ago we were in a stewards meeting and David Smurl, who was playing guitar right over here, said, you know, it's all really just a fairy tale until you discover for yourself. And I hope tonight you'll discover for yourself exactly what God is like. Because if I'm honest, every human being in our opinions, every human being is inaccurate. Only God gets to define God. It goes with the nature of being God. Only God has the right to define God. In fact, the Bible tells us in Colossians that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Hebrews tells us that the sun is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being. The Jesus, that baby, is God in the flesh. And so again, we come to that song that we sing. You know it, right? Silent night, holy Round yon 
don't want to ruin it for you. We will sing it again when we light candles. My apologies to everybody online. You didn't hear the room sing, but you did hear me sing. So why was this night holy? And how can this night be holy for me in my heart? Holy is a word that we use in church all the time, but we don't use it much outside of church. And so in our culture, it's a word we sort of know, but we don't know. We think we know, but we don't really know. But then again, when it comes to God, we think we know, but we don't really know. And so to understand why this is a holy night, we have to understand what the word holy means. Scripture says that God is holy. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord high and exalted and seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple, and with him were angels. They were seraphim, each with six wings, and they covered their faces and their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, and you probably know this, holy, 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 triplicate, holy is the Lord Almighty, and the whole earth is full of his glory. When we get to the end of the Bible in the book of Revelation, we find the exact same thing. That there are angels and living creatures with six wings covering their eyes all around. And they're, 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 they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. So what exactly is holiness? Well, at some level, to understand a word, I like to understand its opposite. And at some level, the opposite of the word holy is corrupt. And at some other level, the opposite of the word holy is ordinary. But you probably wouldn't know that. To see, corrupt is to be dishonest, right? To lack integrity, to be debased in character, depraved or perverted, wicked, even evil. When we say that God is holy, we're saying that God is absolute good. That you can't get any more good than God. A.W. Tozer said that God's holiness is not simply the best we know, but infinitely bettered. It is unapproachable. God's holiness is unattainable. It is incomprehensible. And this is precisely what makes Christmas so amazing. Because we can't approach his holiness, but his holiness has approached us. And holiness referring to the fact that God is utterly pure, that he is separated from sin, that he is incapable and incorruptible. But in a lot of senses, God is holy means that he is uniquely God, that he is separate from everything else that isn't God, that God is other than ordinary. When we use things and we devote them to special use uh, in religion, when things are used in temples, we refer to them as holy, holy utensils or holy days or holy Sabbaths, that they are set apart. Maybe the best way I can talk about that aspect of not ordinary or sort of set apart, set apart for a better purpose, is to tell a story. When I was younger, my brother and I would collect uh, coins, rocks, stamps, you know it, right? We collect all that stuff. We collect baseball cards. Anybody still got some? I'd like to see yours because I don't have mine. But I read a story this week about two brothers who collected baseball cards. And as kids, they would get out the baseball cards. They keep them kind of 
you know, they, they had a set of cards, and they keep them like a rubber band around them. They get them out, and they play with them, you know? How do you, how do you play with baseball cards? That's a lost art, right? Unless it comes on a phone, we don't know how to do it anymore, right? So he said, hey, my brother and I would play with these baseball cards, and here's what we would do. We'd get them out, and we'd, like, we'd like make teams, or we'd build the all-star team, or we'd do all these things. But he said, my brother had this other set of baseball cards that as his younger brother, I was not allowed to touch because they were special. They were meaningful. They were separate. They were of value, of greater value. And as the younger brother particularly, this guy said, I was not allowed to play with them. And so one day, to give his brother a very special gift, he decided to make a a folder of these other cards. And so he took the regular cards that he played with with the rubber band around them and sort of set them aside. And he took out the special cards and they were in this plastic sleeve thing, you know? And he, he couldn't figure out why. And so he took the cards and he cut them and he lined the faces up on, on notebook paper, you know? And he put it in a three ring binder and he presented this gift that he thought was special. To his older brother. You can imagine the surprise on his older brother's face when he saw his rookie Hank Aaron card glued to cheap lined paper. See, the older brother had set them aside. They were other. They were to be protected. They were separate from everything else. That, that gives us a glimpse of this word holy. Again, I wonder how this night can be not only a silent night, but a holy night in my soul and yours. I want to run back through the Christmas story again, but I would remind you that it was not necessarily a very silent night along the journey. Right? In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register, which sounds like no big deal until you think about the fact that Bethlehem and Nazareth, where they're from, are about 80 miles apart. And so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee, went up because you go up to Jerusalem, which then Bethlehem outside of there, went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, he belonged to the house in the line of David, and he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Does this sound like this was silent? I bet not. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths. Don't go past that part too much, at least not too quick, because she wrapped him you realize this was the first gift of Christmas that was wrapped. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room, no room in the inn, if you will. I don't know about you, but I think about that night a lot, and I can't imagine that it was all that quiet if they were in the stable with the animals and she was giving birth and she placed them in a manger. It, I just have trouble picturing it being a silent night. I mean, I don't mean to ruin the song for us. And I think the night did get silent. We'll get to it. But I'll say it this way. We went, anybody been to a petting zoo? 
Yeah, we were over on the on the coast uh, one year, uh, the West Coast Game Park Safari. If you guys have ever been there, anybody? Right down south of Coos Bay, it's a it's a phenomenal place, and we got to pet a bear, and the bear pooped on Michaela, and there was all kinds of fun stuff that went on there. But we were in sort of the petting part of where you where, where you just walk around. The animals are just walking around, and there's there's all these different animals, and there was this ram that just kept following me around. This small little ram, and just kept following me around. And his head was was right about here, and. And I'm trying to figure out what to do with this ram, and he decided to say hello. Right in my leg. And then he decided to chase me and try it again. I'm serious. For the rest of the night, everywhere I go, I'm going, where is the ram? I had a bruise that was this big. Like, do you know, I, I think I looked this up. It's in my notes somewhere. They say that a full-grown ram's headbutt can exert almost 800 pounds of force. Silent night, uh-huh. Yeah, we went to the folks at the, at the game park safari and said, hey, the, uh, the ram just like headbutted me in the leg and did the, you know, did the thing. And they're like, oh, is he doing that again? I'm like, I can barely walk. If you've ever given birth around farm animals or in a petting zoo, I'm not sure if it was a silent night. But the story goes on. It says there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them. And they were terrified. It literally says they feared great fear. It literally, it says phobia, mega, phobia, phobos. They feared great fear. But the angel said to them, fear not, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Don't rush too fast. That's good news is an announcement, right? In a world of fake news, we need good news. I don't mean to make this political. It is not. In fact, it transcends the political. But this is real news and it's good news and it's Purpose is to cause great joy, and it says that it is for all the people, for everyone, that this is for abandoned people like shepherds that they're talking to, for religious and unreligious people, for saint kind of people and sinful kind of people. And I don't know about you, but I'm in the sinful variety. Frankly, we all are. For down and out people, for up and in people, for naughty and nice people, for people who long for God and people who don't know that they need God. For people who are people people and people who are like, I'm not so people people. For the cool and uncool, for the missed out and misfits, for the liars, the misfits, and the dreamers, I bring you good news that will cause great joy. It's for all the people. What is that good news? That today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you and he is the Messiah. He is the Lord. Now notice the term Lord here is the same one that was used in Isaiah when he says, I saw the Lord high and seated on a throne. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. See, I'm trying to convince you of one thing tonight. Really one thing. And it, it's very simple. God came to earth so that grace could come to you and me. That's why we celebrate Christmas. And that's frankly what makes this night holy. 
It was a holy night because the baby born was God in the flesh, his holiness himself in the flesh of humanity. Think about it. Holiness in a human. Something never seen before and frankly, never seen again. A friend of mine posted on social media this week, and it was so good I wrote it down. I copied it into my notes. I'm crediting him. His name's Joe. He's a pastor as well. He said, when the Bible says the word became flesh and tabernacled among us, John is telling us that Jesus humbled himself and came to earth, that he was being vulnerable. Why? Because he would pay the price for our sin, that he would close the gap between God and humanity. And that's the reason why at Christmas you have the glory of God become a baby. But in the Old Testament, do you know what the glory and the holiness of God is? When you see the glory and the holiness of God, it's mountains of smoke, it's pillars of fire, it's consuming fire. And yet we're being told at Christmas time that this unscalable holiness and majesty of God, this transcendent holiness of God has become a baby. A baby is accessible, is safe, is embraceable. Jesus, of course, didn't stay a baby, but died on a cross and paid your debt for sin and my debt for sin. And he closed the gap between us and God. And so just as God came into history, so now the glory of God and the holiness of God, the life transforming holiness of God can come right into you. And so holiness is accessible. This night can be holy. When Jesus who is God, who alone is holy, enters you and enters me. The story goes on, right? You know, this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths, verse 12, lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger in the feeding trough. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. All who heard it were amazed. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And this is my worry every Christmas Eve when we gather. That we'll all be amazed at these words. That we will say to ourselves, man, that's amazing. A God in a body like his holiness as a human. I love that story. That's a great story. That's amazing, man. Like fist bump. I'll see you next year for Christmas Eve. more than that it's so much more than that and i want to beg of you to examine the story again and see that it's far more than something to be amazed about christmas means that jesus came to earth so that grace could come to you and me and everyone and so i want to leave you with these two simple words they were right there it's what mary did it first said she treasured and so i want you to treasure this you know what you do with a treasure don't you Right? You find it, <laughs> you dig it up, you hold on to it, you examine it, you get it out, you, play, you, you protect it, but you, you look at it, it's beautiful, and you don't want to let go of it. You value it. 
We talk about a treasure trove. This word means that she preserved, that she stored it up mentally. She stored it up in her soul. In fact, it says she kept on treasuring it, which is something I want to challenge you to do in the year ahead, to keep on treasuring this baby born to be your savior. The second word was ponder, but I'm going to change it slightly to weigh. I want you to weigh this, and I want you to weigh yourself. Because underneath the word ponder is this sense that she is examining, that it is being put to examination, put in context, that things are being worked out, that things are being put together, the dots are being connected, that she is weighing it in her mind and weighing it in her soul. In fact, it says she pondered it in her heart. And I again want to challenge you to weigh this. You know, every single Sunday, this is what we do. I don't know. I don't know if you've heard. But like on Sundays, Christians gather in churches and they treasure together this baby born to be our savior. And we weigh out God's word to us and connect the dots and say, what does that mean for me? And I want to challenge you, whether it's with us or a church at home where you go, wherever it is, of course, you're always welcome to this one. By the way, I don't know if you know, we meet on Sundays, 9, 1045. We're online as well. You're always welcome here. By the way, this Sunday, it's like two days from now, one service, 1045. Snuck that announcement in. That was smooth. Here's the thing. I want us to weigh. How impossible it is that God came to earth so that grace could come to you and me. We're going we're gonna to have us sing. Debbie's going to sing one more song for us. And then I'm going to come back up and we're going to pray some prayers. And then we're going to light our candles, sing private night. You guys good with that? All right, I'm going to invite the team back. I'm just going to step off to the side because you don't want me singing in this place.
His love runs deeper still. He has always loved you, child, and He always will. So here's the thing, and if you have your candles, it's the moment you want to be ready for, but before we do, and before we rush there, I want to make sure we pray and we thank God for that silent night, or maybe also better said, that holy, holy night. We have a tradition here at Harvest, we tend to end our services with two prayers, one is a prayer for those of us who already believe. We call it a prayer of application, and we pray it second. Now, the first is a prayer of salvation. And if tonight you have pondered Jesus for the first time, you have weighed your heart and found that tonight you need Jesus, and today, like right now, you want to say, I want to treasure this baby born to be my Savior. There's no better night than Christmas Eve to say, Jesus, I am yours. Come be holy in me. And if that's you tonight, maybe that's you online, maybe that's you right here in the room, would you pray that prayer with me? It's real simple. Do you pray just like this? Dear Jesus, thank you for coming to earth, for dying for my sin, for rising again and being alive. I turn to you. I put my faith in you. And I ask you to take over my life and be my God. Oh, be my God. Make me holy like you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, man, I'd love to hear it from you. You can tell me on the communication card. You can tell someone who invited you. You can find me in between services. 
You can email me. I'm Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at harvestchurcheugene.com. I would love to celebrate that decision with you. Before we light candles, those of us who've been Christians for a number of years want to I want to say thank you for Jesus born to be our Savior. And if that's you, would you pray this prayer of application with me? Dear Jesus, I confess that there is nothing holy about me, but everything is holy about you. So be holy in me and make me more like you every single day. Make me holy as you are holy. And I commit this Christmas... And this new year, to treasure you and weigh you, weigh my heart in relation to you every day. Thank you, Jesus, for this silent night, for this holy night. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I don't know if I said it when I was talking, but... I think the moment where the night became silent was when Mary treasured all of these things in her heart. And I hope tonight you're treasuring the baby born to be our Savior. I always love the way the light spreads in the room, and so we're going we're gonna to begin to play Silent Night, and once the room is lit, we're going to sing Silent Night. You good with that?
Are you treasuring him? Jesus, we thank you that you were born to be our Savior, and we treasure the gift you are. We wrap you in our hearts. Change us forever, we pray in your name. Amen. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. So, you're wondering about the little cup. This is what it's for. Watch this with a mask on. You're hard to blow, right? Right? Check this out. Puts it right out. COVID free. Merry Christmas, you guys. Have a good night.